Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello, folks. Welcome to an episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. Just, just an episode. It's it's an episode. An episode. Uh, no, this is the first episode of the second annual October Rama. Yay! Uh, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. So, um, how's it going? Your fucking dog got, has to make up her goddamn mind. It's going well. Yep. Uh, so we're recording from your new place. Yep. It's nice. Thank you. Um, how you how you liking it? It's not bad. It's uh-huh. it's quieter than I expected, considering we're like on a busy thoroughfare. It's there's really not a lot of street noise. Yeah, you got like a pretty main intersection down there. So yeah. Um, yeah, nice place. Uh, how's it going otherwise? Uh, it's going well. Um, this is going to be a mini-sode. This is not going to be one of our full episodes. Right. So we got no, no whore business today. Just, just a couple of movie reviews and we gotta, we gotta burn it out cause I gotta go drink pumpkin beer. You and your fucking beer. Uh, yeah. So this is week of the vampire. Um, and we have a couple of vampire movies to go along with it. Yeah, for those of you who weren't around last year, what Octoberama is is a brand new episode every week. <laughs> Whether we like it or not. <laughs> Whether our girlfriends and wives like it or not. Yeah, that, mainly that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, each one has a theme, and this is the one time of year that we go out back and we review some classics. Yeah. Yeah, we don't restrict ourselves to, you know, new movies. Not, not to say that we, we don't, like, we avoid them. Right. But we kind of use this as a as an invitation for us to just go back and yeah, really look at some ones that we enjoy from you know our childhood and and such. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So what are we what are we looking at this week? Um. We've got the Lost Boys and Near Dark and Near Dark. Um. So I guess we might as well just jump into it. Might as well. Which one do you want to do first? Um, let's do let's do Near Dark first. All right. Near dark. Be your boys falling in with the trouble. 
checkout time. some time, son. God damn, this is my family. Let him go. Dear dark. Pray for daylight. The night has its price. Okay, so Near Dark is the story of Caleb, who is just a uh, down-home country boy. A shit kicker. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, the, that's the nice way to put it. <laughs> um, and he comes across May, and he is just absolutely smitten. He is Twitter-pated to the nth degree. Uh, to a creepy degree. Yeah. he's uh, He's got a boner. Yeah, he, and he, like kind of forces himself on her a little bit yeah it's like kind of a raper type it's a, it's a little creepy <laughs> i think that's the creepiest part of the whole movie is him coming on to may and then finally she's just like you know yeah yeah you can give me a ride home <laughs> and then instead he takes her to his farm right and tries to show her a horse i don't know what was going on there. <laughs> look at it like I thought he like he he gets out of the truck and has a lasso or like a lariat with him. Yeah. And uh I thought he was going to like like do some rope tricks or something. Well, he did. Like like twirl it around and like step in, step out, that type oh. of shit. I mean, he did lasso her. True. By the way, we forgot to mention at the top of the show, both these movies are older than 10 years and as per show rules, we're going to spoil the shit out of them. Oh yeah. And you can just eat a dick if you don't like it. If you haven't seen either of these movies, then you're wrong. <laughs> Why are you even listening to the show? Dumb. But yeah, he he shows her a horse, and then he ties her up. It's got very Edom Claw all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> but then she uh, she freaks out, tells him she has to go home immediately, and so then uh, he tells her that he's not going to take her home unless she gives him one kiss. See again, he takes the keys out of the ignition. Like he drops st- him down his shirt. Yeah, and says, "You gotta give me a kiss before I take you home." Yeah, then he goes on to say, "Just one touch." Yeah. So like, wait, I thought she just had to give you a kiss, and all of a sudden it's touching. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just one little blowjob is all I ask. Those country boys—they take what they want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then she bites him, and uh, not a playful bite, though. No, it's vicious. Blood blood has been shed. So vicious. So, if you haven't figured out yet, May is a vampire. Oh. <laughs> She's oh. not just into rough sex. <laughs> so, Caleb is now slowly becoming a vampire. And he gets kidnapped by this group in a Win- Winnebago. Led by um, Lance Hendrickson. Playing Jesse Hooker. And Bill Paxton. In one of the best characters in cinema, Severin. <laughs> Finger licking good. <laughs> Dude, he's so awesome. Uh, and then there's also 
a woman named Diamondback and a little kid named Homer, who is actually the oldest of the crew. All right. Yeah, they keep calling him old man. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are all maze vampire brethren. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they abduct Caleb, and they're they're planning on killing him at first because he knows about May, but then May tells him that he's been bit, but he ain't been bled. <laughs> so they decide that they have to keep him around because he's a vampire now. Uh but he he doesn't want to kill. Yeah. So he's not really fitting in with the group. But they tell him. Finally, they tell him, you know, you have you have one more night, and if you don't if you don't make a kill tonight, you're out. Yeah, and he keeps like he acts like a like a gay guy that doesn't want to fully commit to the gay lifestyle, <laughs> like a closeted guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gay. I just like getting blowjobs right. from guys. It's like I won't give you a blowjob, but you can give me a blowjob. <laughs> right. <laughs> or as my dad would say, you're not gay. You're just selfish. <laughs> Uh, but he ends up not making the kill that night, but he saves all their asses when the, the cops show up, start shooting the, the bungalow that they're in full of holes. Bung holes. (laughs) (laughs) Even me to do that. (laughs) Um, and then he drives a van through the wall and saves everybody Mm -hmm. because obviously they can't be in the sunlight. Right. And they keep vampires. They keep ditching their cars. And like every time they have a new car, they have to like seal up the windows and stuff. And yeah. And not, not only do they just ditch them, but they burn them. Burn them to the crowd. Yeah. And at one point when they're burning the Winnebago, Severin says, hey, Jesse, remember that fire we started in Chicago? Yeah. Is that supposed to be like the Great Chicago Fire? I gathered as much, yeah. Jesse, at one point, um, Caleb asked Jesse how old he is. And he says, well, let's just put it this way. I fought for the South and we lost. Yeah. So. And I'm wondering if Homer is supposed to be like like Homer. As in the author? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That would be... You would think they would make more reference to that if that was the case, though. And I'm pretty sure Homer was also a grown-ass grown man, man when, he, when he wrote the, uh, the Odyssey. I, I keep thinking it's Danny Tamborelli playing Homer, but it's not. No, I, I recognize this kid. I haven't I haven't seen Near Dark in several years, and uh, I knew I recognized that kid from somewhere. Um, and I looked him up, and the only thing that caught my eye was he played a character in like a couple episodes of The Wonder Years. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> when um, uh, what's Fred Savage's name in that show? Kevin. Kevin, thank you. Um, Kevin joins a band. He's like he's the, one of the band. Yeah, members. he's like the guitarist or like the the band leader, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway, so they join up with him, but then eventually his family finds Caleb, and they take him back and they do a blood transfusion, thus curing him of his vampirism. Right. Then the vampires come back and they abduct not Caleb this time, but Caleb's sister, because Homer is in love with her. Mm-hmm. Which is creepy. Yeah. Like, I get that Homer is in the body of a child, but he acts and is treated like a grown man, yet he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's a, like a um, 12 year old booty. I want some of that. He's like, um, is it uh, Baby baby Herman? Is that right? Herman from um, 
Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I got the body of a 50, or I got the mind of a 50-year-old, <laughs> or libido of a 50-year-old and uh, the, a two-year-old dinky or something. <laughs> but, so then Caleb saves his sister and all the vampires explode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on Near Dark? Um, well, I know it's taboo to say this, but I don't, I don't like this movie. <laughs> this movie could be my favorite vampire movie, except for that stupid fucking blood transfusion. That is the stupidest fucking plot line. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that you can just cure vampirism with a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, by the way, at the very end, he gives one to May and she's better up too. Yeah, even though God knows how long she's Fuck been a vampire. Off, you dick. And I guess in in theory they are vampires, but don't expect to see any fangs in this. Um, oh yeah, I guess you never really do see fangs, do no. you? I mean, as far as you can tell, I mean, aside from the whole sunlight thing uh, and the and the drinking of blood. Um, they, they could just be like cannibals. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that's a big part of why I don't like this. Cause when I see a vampire movie, I want to see some like fucking facial like mutations and, and, uh, and fangs. I can get that. Um, yeah, it, it didn't really dawn on me until you said it, but yeah, you never do see, them bear any fangs or anything. But, I mean, when they do bite people, it is the, just two holes. But, yeah, you never see right. the fangs themselves. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, just I think <clears throat> I, I can respect the, the choice that they wanted to uh, go with, you know, like a, like a country boy as, like, kind of the, the protagonist. But doing this in, you know, backwoods... Oklahoma or wherever the hell this was. Did they ever say? I don't think so. I mean, it could be anywhere in, in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or, you know, uh, out on the plains. And, but it's, uh, it's, it's boring. Like, there's not a lot going on. Basically, all they do is just thrash around the country, and this is where the movie happened to take place in, in, you know, the middle of nowhere, and all they do is they, like, go to bars and just fuck with people. That was the best scene in the whole movie, is the scene in the bar. Uh, I I guess I agree with that. There's a lot of bloodshed in that scene. It's true. And, uh, yeah, they kick the shit out of the the biker from Terminator 2, (laughs) the one Arnold takes his clothes from. It was the same guy? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I know that this is a very popular movie in the horror community, and I've watched it several times. And I watch every time I do watch it, I keep expecting that maybe I'll change my mind or you'll see something I haven't seen before. Uh, I just, I, I don't care for this movie. It just really does nothing for me. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> well, your opinion is wrong. Well, fuck me, right? Um, yeah, other than just that one stupid thing, like I said, this would probably be my favorite vampire movie, but 
that one thing is so fucking stupid. <laughs> it is really fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but I get what you're saying that not, there's like not really a lot happening in this. Uh, it's mostly just Caleb wandering around, falling down while his body smokes. Yeah, that was one thing that I guess I did like about this. You know, the, there's varying degrees, like from vampire movie to vampire movie, of like uh, the effects of sunlight. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like instantaneous, and the smallest amount will fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, and it just like like their skin starts smoking, and then eventually it'll just burst into flames. Yeah, like I mean, they actually like start to char and stuff. Yeah, and you know, you see a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of movies or you know TV shows. You know, vampires out in the sun will usually like wrap themselves up in a, in a blanket or a heavy coat or something. Yeah. Um, which they do in this, but it's like it doesn't matter. It sets the blanket on fire. Yeah, yeah. So kind of makes one wonder how that works. It almost seems like magic or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But um, I would think that you would love Severin. He's all right. I always love these characters that are just like proud of being assholes. <laughs> uh, I just... I. I can't. And it's Pax, man. Yeah, and I like Bill Paxton. I just can't take him seriously. <laughs> I, I never could. I don't think you're supposed to. Well, no, but I, like as a, as a real threat, I, I just I don't see it. Um, you know, uh, in uh, Aliens or Game Over, man. Yeah, or you know, the first thing I ever saw him in was Weird Science. Naturally, so fucking you know, Chet. Chet like, yeah. how am I supposed to take Chet seriously? <laughs> um. Guy turns into a shit monster, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, then he's, as he got older, he started taking on seri- more serious roles like um, like Twister and, and uh, Frailty. Yeah. And uh, one of these days we got to do Frailty. Ugh. Just because I know it's going to be so contentious. <laughs> um. We agree too much, so it's like we got to do frailty because it's. I know we won't agree. Yeah, I remember we talked about that when we first started the show. It's like we got to. The only movie I think either of us could think of that we both were just like polar opposites on was frailty. We'll do frailty and Flight of the Living Dead in the same episode. You like you like Flight of the Living <laughs> yeah, Dead? Yeah, I do. Oh my god. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, not as much as I like frailty, but and I, I can't think of any movies that I like that you don't. Mm. None come to mind. Yeah. I don't know either. But I just like, you know, like good movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not, because you don't like Near Dark. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I'm doing all the talking here. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I like most of this movie. I, I like the visuals of it. I like the, the like, when, when he's walking through the, the field when Caleb is walking through the field and just, he's just, his body is smoking. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool, like such a simple thing, but it's just so cool looking. Yeah. Um, and then the, just the massive bloodshed in that bar scene <laughs> when he slices the guy's throat with his spur. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish they would have shown more of that. Yeah. I like, I, when I first watched it, I didn't really know what was going on. I was like, does he have boot blades? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then when later they show, they make a point of showing his spur. Right. So it's like you don't really realize it's his spur until then. You're like, oh, that was back before. Yeah. Um, 
it, uh, yeah, he, at one point, yeah, he gives Caleb <clears throat> one, yeah. one of his spurs. But, um, yeah, that, that part, like I said, I wish they would have shown more of it because all, like, when he, he's, he's up on the bar and he's like, basically, like, you see his leg moving back and forth and you actually see him cut one slit into this bartender's neck, but then it just cuts back to him just moving his leg back and forth and you can hear, like, the, like, the, the, the metal sounds like the shink, shink, right? And you can like hear it like cutting through something. It's like ah, I want to see that happening. <laughs> yeah, and I just love like when he, when they first come into the bar and he sits down. He's like, "Give me two shots, whatever donkey piss you're shoving down these assholes' throats." <laughs> <laughs> just right off the bat, just total asshole. Yeah, I like how he uh, what he spills the guy's drink or something or, or, or drinks. I can't remember. He spills uh, it first. Yeah, and then he says. Uh, Bartender, give him another one. And then he says, pay the man. <laughs> and then the bartender refuses to serve him. So he's like, well, if he's not going to serve me a drink, I'll just take yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the, the the fight scene at the end with, with Caleb and Severus, Severin, where he runs him over with the truck. Mm-hmm. And then his face is just road rash. That's awesome. That's like the visual. You know, that's the, that's the poster. Right. Uh, yeah, he's almost unrecognizable as himself. Yeah. Uh, another image that I, like a still from the movie I see a lot is just the picture of him in the bar, face covered in blood, wearing sunglasses. With a shotgun over his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's another image I see a lot. I love that too when the guy's choking him and he's just like, ah, 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 he grabs his sunglasses and then puts them on. <laughs> um... You know who I can't fucking stand in this entire movie? Like, just hate looking at and he- hearing him talk is Homer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I can't blame him too much, I guess, because regardless of how old his character is, he's still a kid. Um, I mean, the actor. But he's just overacting. Yeah. Like, the entire time. And yeah, it's just annoying. <laughs> And that character doesn't really add much, like other than you know being the reason that they kidnap his sister at the end. Right. But other than that, just kind of you could write him out, and it wouldn't be a huge deal. Right. Um. By the way, uh, my favorite cast member is Caleb's dad, played by Jack Death. <laughs> That's your favorite? Yeah, just because I like that guy. I like. I like transfers. <laughs> yeah, but Severin. <laughs> Paxton. Have you seen transfers? If I have, it's been decades. Oh, man. You got to watch transfers. <laughs> it's a great movie. All right. I'll watch, I'll watch transfers if you watch Frailty. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know that you're going to dislike <laughs> transfers. It's a full moon movie. Um, so, any other thoughts on this? Um, I guess basically just to, to sum up, great visuals. I do agree with you that the story is a little thin. There's not a whole lot to it. It's more, it's not really about the vampires per se. It's about Caleb kind of and his battle with becoming a vampire. Right. Um but the whole movie's ruined by the stupid fucking blood transfusion. Yeah. And, uh, what was I going to say? Shit. 
And the fact that it's oh. like a home blood transfusion. Yeah. Yeah, his dad. Like, that's how you get tetanus. <laughs> and the fact... Great, now I'm a vampire and I have tetanus. So I'm going to have tetanus forever. Thanks, dad. Yeah, and they make it look like... Yeah, basically his dad puts a needle in his own arm, you know, siphons off some of his own blood. And, you know, like... Into, like, moonshine bottles or <laughs> yeah, something. Like mason jars and shit. Um and you, you have to assume that, like, maybe he's doing this over several sittings because you can't transfuse enough blood to drain one person <laughs> of their entire supply and replace it. You have to do that many times. Right. I think, what is it, body carry, like, eight pints of blood? I think that's right, yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think I think when you donate blood, you can only give, like, two pints. That sounds right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you gotta you got to think this takes probably... <laughs> a week maybe for him to actually. you would think yeah and also the fact that he uh you know maybe there's some backstory here that we haven't been exposed to but the fact that he can just give his blood to his son it's like it doesn't work that way unless you have the same blood type. right and you know maybe his dad's uh a universal donor we don't know and he is also because then he gives it to me right yeah uh so there, there's that, and I just thought the whole transfusion thing, every element of it was just stupid. It was. It really was. And another thing that bugged the shit out of me was at the very end, um, Jesse and Diamondback. You know, Jesse, a vampire that's been around for 200-plus years, um, he basically just admits defeat from this, what, 23-year-old kid? <laughs> And just him and Diamondback just kind of say, oh, well, fuck it. We lived a good life and just let themselves be exposed to the sun and explode. <laughs> so are you fucking kidding me? A guy doesn't survive for over 200 years doing that kind of shit. This is true. So it did seem kind of and like the whole like fighting over his sister. It's like I don't think the vampires would care that much. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only one that really that they'd be like, no, we got to drive out in the fucking daylight to get this girl. Yeah. No. Piss off. Well, it's like, I mean, maybe they can't. No, they had. They didn't have May yet. Who? The vampires? Uh, I guess Caleb. Like, she was still with the vampires at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, other than just, like, sheer vengeance against Caleb, yeah, that was silly. Yeah. But but again, know. like, these, these vampires, they live forever. I don't think they are going to deal with petty. No. Like, well, we'll move on. We'll start a new family. I guess I'll continue living. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, you want to do ratings or you got some other things to say? Uh, I think I've said said my piece. All right. Um, If if this movie had a better ending, I'd be looking at probably like an eight. But as it is, that... And it's not just that it's a bad ending. It's that that ending is so bad that it ruins the rest of the movie for mm-hmm. me. So um, I'm going to kick it down two points. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Uh, like I said, I just I don't care for this movie. You know, Paxton aside. Now, another thing I wanted to mention, I was really surprised that uh, there wasn't some involvement from, you know, James Cameron or someone. Because there's a lot of people from uh, uh, Aliens in this. True. I mean, there's there's Lance Hendrickson, there's um, 
Oh, the lady who plays Diamondback. I can't remember her name. Um, I don't know. And, and and Bill Paxton. So, I mean, just for those three to be reunited through chance. Reunited. Right. Um. Yeah, I was, was surprised to not see any kind of involvement. Unless maybe it was the same casting director, but I don't know. Possible. Anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, but I, I just I don't. I don't care for this movie. In my mind, calling it a vampire movie is a bit of a stretch. Um, and yeah, I mean, look at as many times as I watch it, I, just, I don't, I don't, I don't like or dislike it any more than I did originally. So, um, I, th- I think that is going to boil me down to just saying a, a four. All right. Well, like I said, I I think you're wrong. Oh <laughs> well, but. Well, fuck me. Yes. <laughs> so, moving on. Yes. What's next? Uh, next up, we're going to do the 1987 classic, Lost Boys, or <laughs> The Lost Boys. <laughs> Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So Lost Boys uh, is directed by Jerry Bruckheimer. God, I don't remember. More like Jerry Fuckheimer. Oh, that's the, that's his porn. <laughs> Got him. Porn doppelganger. <laughs> Doppelbanger. Hey. <laughs> Joel Schumacher. That's who it was. So the guy that ruined the Batman movies. Joel Goo Maker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so this stars um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland of 24 fame and uh, Corey Haim of Lost Boys fame, <laughs> <laughs> Corey Feldman of Michael Jackson fame, and uh, Jason Patrick of... Jason Patrick! Of Smoke- <laughs> Jason Patrick of Smoke Jumpers fame. Huh? 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 Entourage. Right. Watch it. <laughs> It's not as douchey as you think. It's really not. It's awesome. It's an awesome show. I mean, sure, there are douchey parts. Yeah, there's douchey people in it, but it's about Hollywood. Hollywood is full of douchey people. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Um, Also, uh, Edward Herman, R.I.P., One Love. 
who looks much younger but sounds exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, his voice didn't change his entire life. Yeah. He probably had that voice when he was like 10. <laughs> it was like that was when his voice changed. That's what he sounds like immediately. <laughs> um, anyway. It so immediately sounded like Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> so this uh, story is about um, uh, – Michael, Mike, Mike, Michael, and Sam, and their mom Lucy. Um, Lucy just recently divorced from the, her her husband, you know, Michael and Sam's father, and they move in with her dad in Santa Carla, uh, not Santa Clara, although it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> it's like a fictional Santa Clara, um, and um, yeah, like right off the bat, they noticed that. Or Michael and Sam, they noticed that uh, their grandpa's really kind of an oddball. He's very into taxidermy. Uh, he has no TV, which means no MTV. Yeah, because that's what's important. Right. Um, How else are we going to watch Scream? <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, and, and grandpa's just a little kooky. Um kind of a hippie, I guess. He's a cut-up. So, in an effort to find something to do, they head down to a boardwalk, um, which is very reminiscent of, I don't know, Venice, I guess. Maybe, maybe... That was the first thing I thought. Yeah, or maybe like the shore. The Jersey Shore? Yeah. I've I, I never been there, but I, from... I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a similar idea. Yeah. But it's obviously more California. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but yeah, basically any beach boardwalk, you know, it's, they got like a roller coaster and Ferris wheel and shit and yeah. you know, little shops. Um, of horrors. <laughs> little shop, little shop of horrors. That's the song. Yeah. From this movie. In this movie, I don't think that's true. <laughs> There's only one song in this movie, and it's there. Cry Little Sister, and they play it 17 times. <laughs> um, I was watching it, and that song kept playing. <laughs> you know, it's got different parts, none of which really sound the same. Yeah. And uh, my wife's just like, this song is, or this movie has the dumbest songs. <laughs> like, this is a classic. You shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, you hit her. <laughs> I hit her in her face. <laughs> no, I didn't. Don't call the cops on me. Uh, with what? With what? <laughs> with my dick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, down on the boardwalk. I didn't mean to do that. On the boardwalk. <laughs> um, first, they go watch a, a sexy man play saxophone. <laughs> what was up with that guy? I don't know. Apparently, I'm pretty sure he's like a real musician or was. Uh, but he looked like a fucking clown. Dude, he wearing, just dances around with no shirt and leather pants on. Was he, they looked like uh, like uh, wrestling pants, like yeah. Uh, and he wearing like a like a chain belt or you know, it was a necklace. Yeah, and he was all super buff. Yeah, long he, hair, all greased up. Yeah, <laughs> he looked like he's about to get in the ring. He kind of did. You're right. Um, but uh, yeah, and then they split up and. Um, Sam goes off to uh, a comic book store, which, you know, I think probably any kid is constantly looking for, and um, just poking around, and he meets up with these two creepers that they they kind of run the store for their parents, uh, the Frog Brothers, Edgar and... 
Alan. Alan, thank you. I always forget the other one. Um, it's easy to remember because it's like Edgar Allan Poe. There it is. Um, I have to assume that was intentional, but I don't know. It probably. It's a little too much of a coincidence. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And you got Corey Feldman talking like this the whole time. Yeah, for a little kid to talk like that for so long. Because he's, he's maybe like 15, yeah. maybe 16 at the time. For him to be, you know, constantly be talking like this for an entire movie. And you think, you know, maybe they're shooting this movie for like three weeks. So he's constantly talking like this for three weeks. It's like, maybe that's why his voice is so fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be all the e-cigarettes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Edgar and Alan uh, basically tell Sam that he needs to watch his ass. Uh Sounds like a thinly veiled threat, but he, they're really just warning him about all the vampires in Santa Clara. And they give him all these vampire comics, and they're like, it's more like a guidebook. Right. <laughs> um, meanwhile, elsewhere, Michael spots... Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> Michael spots this uh, s- sexy little number. Um, uh the, the mom from Still Standing. That's the show. <laughs> uh, uh, and later on actually meets up with her. Her name is Star. And she's kind of an odd odd lady. Odd duck. Odd duck. Um, and again, Michael, much like Caleb, moves very quickly. <laughs> He's like, hey, we just met, but you want to hop on my bike and go get some food? Well, he straight up stalks her too. Like he sees her at the at the the sexy saxophone show. Yeah, and then like she walks off, and he just grabs Sam. He's like, "We're, we're going." <laughs> and he, Sam's like, "Are we following that girl? We're following that girl, aren't we?" I knew it. <laughs> Not like, "Hey, this is creepy. I'm gonna go do something else while you go stalk this girl. Don't bring me into this." Yeah. Um. Now, is it just me or? Basically, through the entire movie, did Sam put off a very gay vibe? A little bit. Yeah. I don't... I can't really point he out... He also really reminded me so much of Warren from uh, uh, Empire Records. <laughs> My name's not Warren! His name's not Warren? His name was Warren. Um, so, when Michael tries to take off a star... Uh, He's intercepted by Jack Bauer, which is something you never want to have happen in your life. I, this is 80s Kiefer Sutherland, though, so to me, it's just Ace. Because <laughs> he doesn't look like Ace. Cause he looks well, like Ace with a mullet. True. Mullet Ace. Um, but yeah, like platinum blonde yeah. mullet and you know long duster coat. And, uh, he's accompanied by Bill, <clears throat> S. Bill S. Preston Esquire. And some we other. were watching that uh, night before last, and my girlfriend's like, "Who's that guy?" I was like, "That's Bill." <laughs> She's like, "Bill who?" I'm like, "Bill S. Preston Esquire." From what? I'm like, "From Bill and Ted." No, that's not it. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> he hasn't been in anything else. I promise you. <laughs> um. Anyway, so like basically this like. Right off the bat, almost like it doesn't quite make sense, but right off the bat, it's like this instant competition between David and Michael. Um, And David tells Michael that he, you know, 
to come out with him to the bluffs, and he takes him down into this abandoned hotel, which is actually a pretty sweet setup. It's like this hotel that sank into the ground during like the big earthquake um, turn of the century or something. Um, but yeah, it's just like in an old lobby, I guess, of a hotel, just completely under earth. Um, cool little clubhouse, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Looking. I, I dig it. Um, and, and there's all these like little cubby areas where they like their own little rooms and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's where they proceed to feed him maggots and worms and... Have, have you seen what we do in the shadows yet? No. Oh, there's a scene where they bring these people back to eat them and they feed them spaghetti. He's like, <laughs> how are those worms? He's like, what are you talking about? It's spaghetti. No, you're eating worms. What is he talking about? <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> so, um, there's some kind of weird almost ceremonial thing where they he pulls off this bottle of what he thinks is wine which basically looks like a 40 ounce bottle covered in you know bedazzled little, yeah bedazzled <laughs> like these craft store gemstones <laughs> <laughs> um it's ceremonial okay don't be a dick they're not wearing bras on their heads though <laughs> um Star tells Michael that it's blood because they, they already psyched them out twice mm-hmm. with the worms and the maggots, which are actually just noodles and rice. Um, so she tells him it's blood, and he says, yeah, right. So he takes a pull off of it, and they just party in the in the hotel. Just party, party, party. Yep. <laughs> Andrew W.K. just busts in. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, they take off, and they go to this bridge. Um it's, it's like a like a trestle, um, and they all hop down. They do the ultimate train dodge, <laughs> right? Second Stand by Me reference. <laughs> so yeah, they're hanging from the bottom of this trestle, and the train comes by, and they all basically get rocked off. And like how you were tying in Near Dark to Aliens, this could be tied in Stand by Me because you got Keith Sutherland and Corey Feldman both. Good call. Um, no fat Jerry O'Connell though. No, fuck fat Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> fuck Jerry O'Connell. Actually, no. I, I really like Slice. Did you ever watch the Jerry O'Connell show? No. The the pilot episode is him like going around and people are like, "Are you the fat kid from Stand by Me?" <laughs> and he like goes out to dinner and he's like, "I got a reservation for O'Connell." No, sorry, we don't we don't have that. The fat kid from Stand by Me. Oh yeah, it's right here. <laughs> How about Tomcats, though? Oh, God, that movie's awful. <laughs> it's got Busey in it. The best part of that movie was when I saw it in theaters. And uh, when when he gets one of his testicles removed and he asks the his friend to go get it for him. <laughs> and the guy sitting behind me in the theater were like, would you do that for me? <laughs> and the guy goes, I'd kick you in your good ball just for asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of Tomcats. And Shannon Elizabeth. Well, I guess. And Jake BC. <laughs> Sex machine. And it's like fucking two foot long tooth. <laughs> Who, whose fucking idea was it to make Jake Busey sex machine? I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, anyway. So, 
they fall off the trestle and into this fog, and apparently that's when Michael becomes a vampire. <laughs> the ceremonial fog. Right. He drinks blood, and drinks, which you find out is David's blood in, in the bottle, and then he falls into a fog, and now he's a vampire. Yeah. No biting, no, nothing of that sort. But anyway, uh, so he noticed, like, Corey Haim <laughs> starts to notice that Michael's become very sensitive to light, um, and he's acting like kind of an asshole and just starting to get creeped out by him. So he reports to the Frog Brothers, and uh, they decide that he's a vampire, so keep telling him he has to. Yeah, he's a bloodsucker. He's <laughs> like, yep, he's definitely a vampire. You're going to have to kill him. It's like, I'm not going to kill my brother. It's like, all right, we'll come over and we'll do it. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, yeah, basically just kind of starts this battle between good and evil. Um, and, like, he, he keeps trying to find out, or Michael keeps trying to find out exactly who and what he is now. And um, they go out to the beach and find this group of guys just thrashing around to some fucking run DMC. and <laughs> They just kill them. As one would do. Right. Um, and kill them all and, you know, basically says, this is what you are. And, you know, you, you can live forever, but you have to feed. And Michael's like, I just, I'll never feed. I'll never kind be like you. Similar to Near Dark. Yeah, pretty much. I guess I really never noticed the similarities yeah. between, the, between the two. Um, and yeah, like I said, just the, it's this back and forth between David and Michael, and you know Sam and the Frog Brothers trying to find the head vampire because they know that that's the only way that they can return Michael to normal, um, and they suspect that it's um, Max, Max, who is uh, Lucy's boss at the video store slash boyfriend, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> She's dipping her pen in the company ink. Never a good idea. Case in point. Well, I guess he's dipping his pen in the company ink. He's dipping his pen in the company vagina. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> just dip. Just just a little dip. Just a tip. Um, yeah, they run this vampire test on on Max, and it you know doesn't work, so they're kind of up shit creek. Cause I like the part where they turn out the lights, and they put the mirror in front of his face, and they turn the lights, he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um... So they suspect that David is actually the lead vampire, and um, they go into... They've determined that his mullet is the source of his power. <laughs> He's like a mullet version of Samson. Well, they go they go into uh, the, the actual, like, the, the hotel, and up back in, in like, a cave-type area where they all hang from the ceiling and sleep like fucking bats. Yeah, with the weird toe-thumbs. Uh, yeah. Um... And it makes me wonder how they wear shoes. Yeah, really. Or it's like maybe they wear flip flops all the time. <laughs> or it's like you know, maybe they have normal shoes when they're not, or normal feet when they're not vamped out. But they do vamp out. Uh, vamp, like vamp out, vamp up, whatever it is you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even you know they 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 do that when they have shoes on. So. Maybe they just like bust out the side like a wolf man. Um, and you know when they're sleeping, you know they hang from like a pole up in the up in the roof or whatever, and 
like where they take off their shoes before they go to bed. Do you not? Well, I sleep in a bed, not upside down. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but they get like, it's like, okay, guys, time for bed. Take <laughs> off your shoes. Maybe they have to take off their shoes when they come in. <laughs> it's the, very, very Japanese. Right. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, there's, you know, they're big. Battle at the end where all of the the, the vampire. What's not? I keep wanting to say coven, but that's not the right term. Vampire pack. Murder. Murder. <laughs> um, they all school. School of vampires. Right. Um, they invade Sam and Michael's. Grandpa's house, and you know, it's just kind of a, a, a battle between, like I said, good and evil. Um, and then there's the big epic battle between Michael and David. It just kind of ends. Yeah, it's kind of uh, a little anticlimactic. Yeah, for you know what you expect to be like the big battle, um, or even just the very ending is kind of anticlimactic too. Yeah, I mean, um, like Michael kills him like pretty easily. Yeah, and it's it's a little cornball. You know, something that always bugged me about this movie, it's it's, it's little, but it, he, like, um, David says, he tells Michael, he's like, I, I tried to make you immortal. And Michael says, you tried to make me a killer. And then David says, you are a killer. Like, well, no. <laughs> David has actually, or Michael hasn't actually killed anyone. Not a killer. Yet. Right, but it's like, what do you say? Somebody's a serial killer, even though they haven't actually killed anyone yet? But then he does kill David. Okay, we're stretching this a little bit. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so he, he mounts David on a pair of antlers. Um, find out that like a lot of the old vampire lore isn't all that accurate. Um, I mean, you, you, you know, you can kill them. By piercing their heart doesn't have to be a wooden stake, which is a lot of the time like part of it. It has to be a wooden stake through the heart, right? Um, I mean, like I said, David's mounted or like it's through a uh, set of antlers. One guy gets an arrow, which I guess is wood, but um, but you find out garlic doesn't work, um, and uh, holy water works. Holy though. water does work, um. That scene's funny too when they go into the church and there's just like the processions going on and they're just like standing there in the doorway filling up their thermoses. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I, th- th- that's the movie. I'm explaining the whole thing. So I always try to not do that, but sometimes it gets away from me. Anyway. So what do you think? I love this movie. Yeah. This movie's a classic. I think you'd be a fool not to like this movie. Yeah. You would, you'd, you would be wrong. <laughs> um, this, I mean, th- at this point, there are what four movies now? Three, I think. There's just two sequels. I think so. Tribe and uh, what's the other one? Thirst. I could swear there's a third one. I I might be. There's wrong. a third one. Hmm? There's a third one. You mean a fourth one? A third sequel, I meant. Oh. So, yes, a fourth one. 
Um, Have you seen either of? Yeah. Are they as bad as they sound? They're not. I read the description about the one where he has to like kill the DJ or whatever. I don't remember that. Did you have you seen both of them? Yeah, I've only seen them once each though. And this was several years ago. Yeah, there was one where like the head vampire was a DJ or something. Okay, that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. Yeah, you find out there's some weird like ties between those and the original like David and Star's kid or Michael and Star's kids get involved in, in one of them and like I think Uh, I was going to say maybe there's like the head vampire, there's some relation to David, but it's actually just, it's Angus Sutherland, which is uh, Kiefer Sutherland's younger brother, right? But like much younger, like 20 years. Hmm. I don't know. They both sounded awful, so I just kind of stayed away. They weren't as bad as you'd think, but they still weren't very good. Anyway, um... Yeah, like you said, this movie is a classic. I don't know how you could dislike this. It's got pretty much, aside from just like like an overwhelming amount of bloodshed, it's, it's got most of what you'd need from a vampire movie. Yeah. And that, that's something that seems kind of uh, out of character because it gives you kind of like a really violent feel, but there's not a lot of actual like gore or violence for that matter. No, not really. There's the big fight scene, but other than that, there's not a whole lot of, of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got the guy that basically gets boiled alive in the holy water. Um, got the death by stereo. <laughs> by the way, death by stereo liked our Instagram post. The band. Yeah. Nice. I wonder if it's just because it had the hashtag. Oh, I guarantee that's why it was. <laughs> um, anyway, so... But yeah, like, the vampires look great. I mean, just very subtle things as far as, like, facial manipulation. Yeah, they got, like, the uh, the cheekbones and the, like, raised ridges in their forehead and then the, the eyes. Yeah, the eyes look cool. And, of course, fangs. Of course. Important. <laughs> um. And they do, like, they have the kind of fangs that I always prefer, rather than just, like, you know, the Count Dracula, like, single, you know, long canines. They've actually got, like, the extended um, fangs, like, a total of, like, four fangs on each. Mm, yeah. Um, I always thought that looked cooler than just a single fang on each side, you know? Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, so what are your, um, likes and dislikes? Uh, I feel like the movie moves along really well. I feel like the pacing is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the look of the vampire. This, this movie though lives in the eighties. It is very, very dated. Yes. That's, that's very true. But I mean, pretty much anything that takes place in the '80s is the '80s is a fucking one of a kind generation. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I mean, all the fashion and everything is just so '80s. So, yeah. which means you know, it's all going to come back in like th- two years. <laughs> right. Everyone's going to be dressing like Corey Haim again. The jacket that's like two sizes too big and giant shoulder pads. Yeah. And Joey Budafuku pants. 
Troy better fuck over here. Um, I didn't like Star very much. She's kind of just the character is like cumbersome. Yeah, like she's just kind of like you just want to tell her to shut up. Yeah, even when she's like not really talking. <laughs> I don't like your face. Just be like, hey, hey, shut up. Okay. <laughs> She always sounds like she's whining. Yeah, I think that's what it is. She always sounds like she's like distressed, even when she's just having a conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty obnoxious. And I don't know if that's like a character flaw or if that was the actress. I don't know because I mean, like, she doesn't really come across that way in other roles that I've seen her in. Was this her first role? It may have been like her first major role, at least. It may have been because I mean, the, she may have grown into her chops. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're all over actors in this movie. It's very Corey Haim is a hammy. huge over actor too. Yeah, he he to the day he died, he was. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, you know, Diane Weist and um, Ed Herman—they're probably like the best actors in the movie. But that's because they're most the most seasoned. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I mean, you know. <clears throat> Even Kiefer Sutherland, who was like to this day one of my favorite actors, even he is like really hammy. I feel like it must have been a directorial thing that they just were like, you know, up the ante, just yeah. amp it up. Yeah, it seems like they like they wanted him wanted the characters to be like more I don't know, poetic or something and it just really didn't fit the scenario. Yeah. Um it was to to compare it to something much more of like much more apparent in that fashion, it was uh, like um, like watching Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I have not seen it. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it's all this modern day setting, but right. they're all speaking in you know Shakespearean um, tongue. Yes. Uh, so it just it didn't really fit in in that respect. But yeah, David just really intense and like more intensity really needed to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of made sense for the vampires. It was more like the other people that it bothered me with. I guess. Because, you know, vampires are always, they're very like romantic and poetic, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for the end very much just because I felt like, like I said, I feel like Michael killed David very easily. Um. And one part that you didn't bring up was that Max actually was the head vampire. Yeah, I was, I was just about to bring that up. But uh, the reason none of their tests worked is because Michael invited him into their home, thus negating all their power, which I thought was didn't really make sense to me. Like, I know vampires have to be invited into your house. Yeah. But I didn't know that that means that all of a sudden you can't hurt them. Or Well, you think about it, all the rest of the vampires came in uninvited. But they were all That's true. prone to all all the uh, the weaknesses you know, uh, holy water, I guess mainly holy water, but they spilled holy water on Max. Yeah. When he was in the house and did nothing. Right. Um, now whether or not that was just cause he was the head vampire and more powerful or <clears throat> if it was because yeah, he was invited in and all this. Well, cause he goes so far as to say, you know, never invite a vampire into your home. It, it renders you powerless. Yeah. And he, he, he cast a reflection. Yeah. Like all those things that I did, it didn't make sense to me that just because he was invited in, all of a sudden the, none of those tropes apply. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's a bit of a reach, but 
I can accept it, I guess. Um, and I love the very, very end with the grandpa. And he's yeah. just like, one thing I never liked about Santa Carla, all the goddamn vampires. <laughs> like, you know about this the whole time? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, but another thing that just happened too quickly was how they killed Max. Yeah. Um, you know, they, Michael killed David. They all kind of reunite, and it's like, oh, my God, it's over. And Mike, Michael's just like, no, nothing changed. Uh, I'm still a vampire. And then um, Lucy and Max come in and see what's happened, and that's when you find out Max actually is the head vampire. So just as, like, they all get shoved off, even Michael, who's, like, the only other vampire in the room, well, there's Star and Laddie. Oh, God, Laddie. Oh, God. Yeah, that was completely pointless. Yeah, it's like it's like having a, a, a mouse as a cast member. It's like, what the hell's the point of even him being there? Right. Um, anyway. Yeah, so uh, everybody tries to attack him. Um, you know, uh, first Michael does, and he just gets thrown off like he's nothing. Then the Frog Brothers try to go for him, and they get tossed off. They get pounded off. <laughs> uh, and then Sam tries to go after him, too. And Max just puts him in a headlock. <laughs> Gives him a noogie. <laughs> and, you know, uses him as collateral for uh, uh, Lucy to just you know, to let him turn her. That's when Grandpa comes flying in in his fucking old jalopy. With a fucking post, or like a sharpened post, yeah. like, a, like a fence post mounted to the front. He comes flying through the front of the house. Through his own house? Yeah. And that's when uh, Michael jumps down from where he got thrown to and like pushes Max into the way. This giant sharpened post comes through like a fucking mega, uh, mega stake and just goes through his heart and he blows up in the fireplace. I thought that was cool. It was cool, but it was too anticlimactic. Yeah, I suppose. For for both of these, what should have been like epic battles to just end so quickly. It's like they, they either should have stretched out the battle with David or stretched out the battle with Max. One of the two. Yeah. Both both of them were too, over too quickly. Mm, yeah, I could agree with that. Um, I like the horn in Grandpa's truck, too. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, it plays El Cucaracha, doesn't it? It's like that's what it was. <laughs> but then the second half just kind of falls apart. I love it. Grandpa's the best character. Yeah. Uh, He's just an old coot. Um. That's all I got. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of something else to say, but yeah, I'm pretty tapped out, I guess. So, um, what do you think? I, I, I just told you what I thought. I talked for half an hour about what I thought. No, god damn it, you're reading. Oh. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it's a classic. It's something you can watch over and over and over again and not get tired of. Um, so, that being said, I'll give it an 8. All right. Um, yeah, I think I'll match you. Say an 8. Um, it's, it's, it's a very good, very classic um, you know, some people might say there's like some sentimental mentality attached to it and, you know, 
I'd love to see the, this viewed through the eyes of somebody <clears throat> who hasn't seen this before. Uh, but, you know, a horror fan that hasn't seen this before. Yeah. Because, you know, like... My girlfriend said I gave her nightmares when she was younger. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, she thought vampires were coming after her. <laughs> uh, expecting my wife to sit through a movie without fucking picking up her cell phone or iPad is just impossible. So, But she wouldn't, she wouldn't have liked it anyway. But if I if, if I could she find, clearly has terrible taste. <laughs> if I could just find a horror fan that hasn't seen this and just sit them down and have them watch it and just see what they think, I'd, I'd love to know because you know obviously this is something from our childhood, right? So we both just love it based on that. But to look at it with fresh eyes, I'd, I'd be interested to know. Uh, if you haven't seen The Lost Boys. Why don't you Do give, it. Yeah, give it a watch. And uh, actually, Lost Boys and Near Dark, watch them both. Um, and uh, if you haven't seen either of them, drop us a line and let us know what you thought. Because, uh, like I said, we'd love to know what you thought, having never seen them before and not being attached to your childhood. For sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, eight. Um, great movie. Uh, got, I'd say, probably nine out of ten things I expect from a vampire movie um and uh aside from just sometimes the like real campiness and kind of a anti-climactic ending uh it has all the points that i could want well and there wasn't enough gore aside from all that solid eight all right (laughs) i got there eventually (laughs) It's like you're like, it has everything I want, except this, and this, and this, and this, and this. You're exaggerating. Um, okay, so uh, we're we're doing plot holes. Yes, we. even though it is not a full episode, we are still going to do plot holes. Um, so yeah, uh, noun. Uh, dingling. Past tense verb. Buttfucked. Plural noun. Blue balls. Adjective. Harry. Another adjective. Shit stained. Plural noun. <laughs> Big floppy titties. <laughs> adjective. Puckered. Verb ending in ing. Thrusting. Noun. Uh, turdlet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in honor of Week of the Vampire. We will now discover what Tony has done with the movie 30 Days of Night. <laughs> in Barrow, Alaska, one dingaling can last an eternity. <laughs> one month every year, this town is butt fucked into darkness for 30 <laughs> days. <laughs> Due to its location far north of the Arctic Circle. While extended periods of darkness are something that the blue balls have been accustomed to, this year something hairy is about to emerge from the long and unforgiving night. As a shit-stained horde of vampires assumes control of the big floppy titties and begins to feast freely upon the puckered citizens, the local sheriff, his wife, and a small but resilient band of survivors will be forced to choose between thrusting themselves or helping the few remaining members of their community survive the blood-soaked turdlet. <laughs> that wasn't bad. It was not bad. When being butt-fucked into darkness sounds horrible. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, um, like we said before, this is a uh, mini episode, so we're done. Yeah. Go home. 
You're still here? <laughs> it's over. Go home. First people are. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week uh, with Week, week of, of the, the zombie. zombie and our two-year anniversary show. Hey! hey. Um, so that'll be a full episode. So, And we'll have an interview. We were supposed to have one this episode, but didn't happen. Yeah. So, But we will have an interview for next episode. Well, let's not... We have one scheduled. Yeah, I guess as I, of now we we keep saying we're going to have an interview, but then it keeps not happening. So, yeah, um, it's tentatively planned to have an interview. Yes. So let's hope for the best. And we'll be watching The Dead Two: India and Return of the Living Dead. Uh, do you want a party? No, I hate that fucking song. That song it's party time. That song is disturbing. It is, but we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. Jamie's sister